What's up guys, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode of the PT Coffee Cast, I just wanted to touch base with you and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been rocking with us since day one, we appreciate your support. Every like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever it is, truly does mean the world to us and it continues to push us to put out the best possible content for you guys. Before we hop in, I just want to talk to you about our partnership with Physio Network. Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide. They do this through their research reviews. If you sign up, you'll get 12 research reviews per month in both written and audio form. Articles are selected and appraised by industry experts such as Sandy Hilton, Mary O'Keefe, Tom Goom. Um, former PT Coffee Cast guests such as Teddy Wilsey, Sam Spinelli, Jared Hall, Tom Walters, and plenty more. They're clinically relevant and recently published, and they take less than five minutes to read one review, saving you hours of work. This also solves that problem that we all struggle with. How do we stay up to date with the research? Physio Network has you covered. They also give you access to a members-only Facebook group, and you can do quizzes that will get you CEU points. They got it all. If you guys are interested in trying out Physio Network, you can start your seven-day free trial now by using the link in the show notes or our bio on Instagram. This will give you the option to play around, see what you like. Do you like listening? Do you like reading? And just seeing the amazing content that they give you guys, and then you will join because Physio Network is amazing. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have signed up for Physio Network, please let us know how your experience has gone. We'd love to hear, and we can pass on that information to them. Also, if you guys haven't noticed, we've moved the PT Coffee Cast to its own Instagram page. So head over there so you don't miss out on any content. You can follow that at the PT Coffee Cast. We've also started a PT Coffee Cast newsletter so that you guys can get up-to-date information on the latest episode. If we have any new merch dropping, maybe some coffee, whatever it is, we want you guys to know about it first so you can follow the Instagram page as well as sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on anything. That's all I got for now, guys. I hope you enjoy this episode of the PT Coffee Cast. Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. what's going on guys welcome back to the movement pt coffee cast my name is dalton and with me as always is my beautifully bearded friend william william how are we doing today i'm doing good man just hanging out having some coffee uh excited to be here this is always a fun thing that we get to do uh thanks to daryl letting us come and talk to some students how are you doing I'm uh, I'm doing well, man. I've uh, I think you know doing this whole business thing. This is a good lesson. This is a good life lesson, and a physio lesson. Um, you always got to adapt. You know, wake up this morning ready to get into some uh, to some virtual sessions and uh, this podcast. And the internet doesn't work. Um, so what do you do? You uh, you cry a little bit and then you uh, you call your girlfriend and ask her to let you use her internet. So sounds like a typical Dalton Lano. <laughs> Yeah, and the saddest part is I don't even have coffee, man. That's the worst part is I don't have coffee for this episode. But Oh, that's um, disappointing. Like you were mentioning, we'll put a little context around it for those who are tuning in to listen to this um, after the recording. 
Um, but what we're doing today is we're going to do a live-ish podcast, I'd say, um, with uh, the Western Physiotherapy students graduating class of 2020 at their business uh, symposium. We, um, we had the opportunity to do this last year um, live with, with the class, which was awesome. Um, obviously, Will and I are super passionate about connecting with, with students and sharing our story. Um, so to be able to hop on and talk in front of the, the live audience last year and then now doing it via Zoom um, is awesome. So yeah, big shout out to Daryl for, for having us back. He must have liked something we said last year. So um, I'm glad that he uh, invited us back for, for round two. Um, but what we'll do to jump into it, just for, for you guys listening and then um, students, you know, of, of the symposium who haven't really heard about who we are. Um, so a little background story with uh, myself and Will. So when we were in our second year of physiotherapy school at Western, um, we decided to start an Instagram page called the Movement PTs. Um, the goal with that originally was to just put out exercise content. We felt that um, we weren't getting enough of that type of information in physio school. We saw other people doing it on Instagram and we decided to jump in. Um, that kind of evolved into um, our podcast, which is the PT Coffee Cast. We, me and Will always sat down and like to rant over cups of coffee and we're like, hey, why don't we record it and then use it as a way to get people to come and talk to us. Um, so we started doing some interviews. It, it ended up kind of going... I don't know. I would say it kind of blew up a little bit more than we ever thought. We ended up, you know, recording over a hundred episodes on a podcast, you know, got, got some traction on Instagram. Um, but it's kind of led to a ton of opportunities, um, which is, we'll get into that. I, I think a little bit later as to why we value social media and, and podcasting. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the Coles note summary of, of how we kind of got into it. Um, we'll have you add on anything that you would like to add to that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, obviously, like, being students, it was a little bit intimidating. And so when we had started, uh, we always, you know, kind of went about it from the perspective of like, you know, we're obviously not experts in the field at that point. Uh, and I think that's something that a lot of people are held back from going on and uh, having their voice voice on a platform. Uh, but we went about it from the perspective of like, we're trying to connect uh, students and other clinicians to what's happening in the physiotherapy space at the time. So that was kind of our workaround from that perspective. And the other thing I just add is we just kind of took the things that we liked to do and that we like to talk about. And then we just did that, you know? And so that's how it kind of like became something that we were passionate about because it was never, it was never work for us. It was always just like super exciting and really fun. Uh, and that's, that's why we put the uh, coffee in there in the equation. Um, so that's a couple, couple of things there, just, you know, how we approached it because I think it is intimidating when you're a student and you're trying to do something like this. Um, but that's kind of how we went about it. Yeah. And I think just to, to touch on what you said about like layering in the things that you, that you're passionate about or that you like, obviously we did that um, with coffee 
And I think also like we started to develop the enjoyment of like putting out content, like you liked, you learned how to create it and leveled that up. I, I've, I've really enjoyed the podcast aspect of things. So it's kind of taking like some of our passions and incorporating it into what we're doing. And, and a big thing that I try to always touch on with, with people and, and even remind myself often is like using like your physiotherapy degree as a platform um, to, to do what you really want to do. Like, you know, you, if, if you want to get into putting out content, you can, if you want to take that physiotherapy degree and, um, and like do something else you can, you know, like I was talking to a student who really enjoyed like nutrition and she, she wanted to like expand her ability to, to reach people, um, you know, more than just being a physiotherapist. So I think there's a lot of other things that you can do. Um, if you have a passion, um, to go down that route and use your physiotherapy degree as like a, a, a way to boost that. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's probably something we'll get into uh, a little bit more as we go through this, but you know, there's a lot that you can learn outside of just your physiotherapy skills that can help you uh, in your career. And they might be things that you don't necessarily think are going to be that important. Like I would have never thought like learning about uh, how to, design posts and stuff like that would be important, but it's actually been really helpful uh, in working with people for branding for what we're doing now. Um, and, you know, I think from Dalton's perspective, like learning a little bit more uh, from his gym that he worked with for, about the business side of things and, you know, learning about like sales and all these different areas that you don't necessarily think about when you're in physio school but are really important. Uh, and so that's something cool that our like platform has kind of led us to, to be able to do is to learn these other things that have really been pivotal, I think in, in our progression in the last couple of years. Yeah. And that, that's, a, that's a good point. I think kind of leads into something that, that we always talk about. And it, when we started putting out content on social media or putting out our podcast, um, we kind of, layered into like three main things that we got out of it one of those being like the ability to learn especially being in i mean still to this day we use it as a learning platform but especially in physio school um when we were when we were learning we used it as a way to learn and network so we connected with so many different um clinicians across across the world um and had opportunities that we would have never had before um the opportunity to educate and promote like what you're passionate about and promote the profession. I think that's huge. I think the more people that are speaking up, putting content out, um, talking about what physiotherapy can do for people on social platforms is, is awesome because that's where everyone lives these days. And then lastly, like to potentially create an opportunity for yourself financially or from a business perspective. And I think that doesn't have to be the goal. And that's one thing that when we started, it was never a goal to make it a business. Um, the goal was to learn, to network, to put out content and to have some fun. And then those things started to develop themselves and, and it ended up leading to some business opportunities um, digitally. And now obviously we're moving into our physical location and we're, we're going to start our own clinic. So, it, and it's going to be branded around the movement. So it, it ended up leading to um, a business endeavor in the end, but it doesn't have to do that. There's a lot of different avenues that you could take social. And I always encourage people to get on there, whether, even if you're not posting content, like consuming the content, seeing what other people are talking about. If you do want to put content out, 
you know, it's a great way to learn because you've got to go and research. You got to make sure that the things that you're saying are on point and narratives are correct. So it challenges you a little bit. And then the number one thing I think, and I, I know I'm reiterating again, is like the networking. Um, I think every opportunity that me and Will have had since starting this Instagram page uh, has been through the connections we've made on social media. The first jobs that we, we both got were, were through connections we made on Instagram. Um, you know, the, the, our, our business partner that we brought on was a connection that we had through Instagram. Like the, every kind of opportunity that we've had has been through like our networking that we've done through social. So it's a great way to, to make those um, connections. Cool. Anything, Will? Anything else? No, I think that's good for now. Um, yeah, so Daryl, we can open it. We can open it up for people to ask questions, or if you guys want us to touch on anything else, we can. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna open the floor to questions for sure. What I want to get a sense from you guys too is I know from our conversations a couple of years ago as well. There's a lot of push and pull factors, right? So there's a lot of people telling you guys, yeah, like go all in, this is awesome. And there was a lot of people too who are you know fairly influential in our in our career path to say, oh, this is not a good idea. As, you know, students, you know, focus on school, get your exams done, and then you know start to practice. I really like to hear, especially during these you know these real pivotal times that we're seeing right now you know, you guys persevered so well and you kind of stuck to your vision and you've been able to actually see some results because of that. Well, you know, from that push and pull factor, what advice do you have for these guys who, you know, really from a, being in a pandemic in second year universe or second year master's program, there's lots of push and pull factors. How did you guys stay true to your vision? Maybe I'll kind of go with that question. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think, uh, the the most important thing that we did was before we put it before we started um and whether it's like you're trying to start an instagram page or just in general in life like we we you know we sat down and we talked about what we wanted to accomplish we set out our values we set out like the things that we wanted to stay true to and then i think it's important to get those in alignment because then when you're faced with challenge whether it be this pandemic where you're like, you had no idea this was coming. You thought you were going to be graduating in a couple of months. And now you're like, dang, what do I do? Um, you know, or whether it was like getting some push and pull from, from people saying like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't be focusing on it so much. Um, you can always reflect back on why you're doing it. And that was the important to have that. Cause there were times where me and Will were like, why, why are we doing this? You know, like we we're, we're in the middle of exams. We're already stressed out. Now we're adding in an extra layer, you know, we, we want to make sure we're putting out good content. So we're, we're working hard. It's like, why are we doing it? Like we've hit those, those moments so many times, but coming back to like the purpose of why we're doing it, which is to like help empower people to take control of their health. And then like the bigger vision of like changing the way that people view physical therapy. Like we always had those in the forefront of our mind. So like when we had those challenges, we would go back and be like, okay, we're doing it for this reason. Um, so I think that's a big thing. Will you have anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think that's probably the most important thing. Um, you know, another thing is just that whenever things are new, there's always going to be pushback. Uh, I mean, if you, if you scroll down, uh, way down somewhere, we asked the question to our followers, like something along the lines of like, what do you think the role of virtual physio will be? You know, and people were pushing back on that, I would say. Uh, which is hilarious because look what's happening now. <laughs> so you never want to take what 
people are saying as like 100% truth. You got to use your own uh, thought uh, and to create anything that's going to be new and, and perhaps like change the way people think it, it, you're always going to get pushback with that. It's going to happen. Um, so that's where going to Dalton's thought and just staying true to your why is like, is so important, you know, because you, you have potential in there to, um, create an impact. It's there, uh, whether people, uh, agree with that or not. Oh, that's great. Thanks guys. You know, it's, it's sort of creating a little bit of that tough skin, right. To stay true to your why statement and, and that why statement, which we talk about, you talked in the very first lecture uh, with this class this year is just such a critical step. And it certainly can evolve over time. Right. And the hope that I have for these guys is that that why statement, you know, expanded over the last, you know, 12 weeks or so. Uh, and then as you guys are seeing and what you guys have done now, with your new footprint of, of the clinic space, it will ultimately give them the opportunity to continue to evolve their vision, what their values are. And obviously their why statement will continue to evolve as well, which will help them along their career path. So I guess there's a question actually from Emma. Um, so I'm just going to let Emma unmute herself and uh, address you guys. Awesome. Thanks. Well, first off, love the podcast. Been following it for a little while now. Um, but my question is now that you guys have the clinic or you're starting up the clinic, what are the qualities you're looking for in a new grad when you're hiring? Ooh, this is a good question, Emma. Putting us on the spot here. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, when, I think, you know, a hard part coming out as a new grad is like feeling like you don't have anything to offer. And I think we're a little bit biased because as new grads, we thought we had a lot to offer. And I think, I think someone that I would personally like look for and, and Will could comment on what he thinks. Um, but, but someone that that's, you know, I think passion is important. It's a word that gets thrown around a lot. And I think coming out of school, people are super motivated and passionate to get into the profession. One thing that I, really um, look for someone is to be just open-minded and willing to learn. I think that's the most important thing because, you know, if you're open-minded, you're willing to learn and, and you're about like being in like a team atmosphere and, and working as a team, like those are huge qualities because like clinically as a clinician, you can always learn those other skills. Like those are going to develop over time. Like, again, I've only been out of physio school for two years, so I'm still developing my my skills as a clinician, those skills can develop. But if you're coming in with an open mind, a willingness to learn, um, to challenge yourself, like those things are something that I would, I would look for because those clinical skills are always going to develop over the course of like two, three, four, five years. Yeah, I agree with what Dalton said there. Basically, you know, I think we're looking for someone who's taking a path that they're choosing, you know, not, not like uh, just doing what people think that they want to do. Like you're a new grad. And so we want, we want you to uh, be an independent thinker and, and, you know, add to our team essentially. But I think that's, it, it's important to realize that you do have a lot to offer as a new grad. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's a, such a key point, right? Because you guys battled the same imposter syndrome and all that stuff. And I think one of the things that I would like to see go away is that aspect of imposter syndrome. Um, you know, whatever kind of brought that context in, as I think you guys have, you know, hit the nail on the head too, is I remember us talking about virtual care last year and the year before, and it was like kind of this joke, right? Like, 
what is this? How can you possibly treat patients and, and look at the success that many people have had over the years, right? But, and the cool part with that is it completely level set at our, organize, our profession, right? You know, many young clinicians were actually leading the charge when it came to virtual care because they just believed in that skill as opposed to having to reprogram ourselves. So, you know, where there's a, where there's a potential, you know, let's say a discrepancy because of years of experience, there's actually something to gain as well. There's a skill in there that you guys could explore and actually take advantage of because other people just may not want to go down that pathway. So again, it's about creating that new path with what we see in this pandemic. So, so I love that guys. Um, great question, Emma. Uh, Jamie, let's give you the mic and we'll let you ask these guys your question. Morning, hello. Um, so my question kind of relates to um, what Daryl was talking about, the imposter syndrome. Just talking with a lot of class classmates, there's like this running undertone that we lack confidence. And I'm just curious, I know you guys mentioned that when you started up, you didn't claim to be experts on anything, but did you ever have that self-doubt or that lack of confidence that you might be talking about something that you weren't an expert on? And how did you deal with that? And when, when along your timeline did that start to dissipate? Oh, it's still there. <laughs> <laughs> That's comforting. <laughs> um, go ahead, Will, if you got something, go ahead. Well, I, I'm, Dalton actually recorded a podcast about that a while back. Uh, just a short one, but um, it's definitely something that we deal with. Um, and I think, honestly, if you were to ask most people, they deal with it too, to some degree. And so you're not alone, you know, and that, that's the most important thing. Um, I think confidence just comes with, uh, it sounds so cliche and everything, but it just comes with experience and just getting out there. If, if you hold back and you let that anxiety take over, you're never going to develop that, that thicker skin and that confidence. And I think that kind of relates to like, you know, uh, what we do all the time is we expose people to greater challenge. Uh, and then when we do that, they adapt and they realize, right. But if you don't expose, if you don't put yourself out there, then I think it's hard to develop more confidence. And so like, yeah, I still experience imposter syndrome, but I would say it's, it takes a lot more you know, for me to kind of get there than it would before. Right. So, uh, you know, something like doing this isn't nearly as nerve wracking as it would have been a year ago, let's say. Yeah, for sure. And I, <clears throat> I like that. I like using the term like earned confidence. I think that's something that it's exactly what Will just described, but it's a good way to think about it. It's like, yeah, you probably, you probably not going to have confidence. Like you've never, you haven't really been out on your own, you know, and now you're going into this totally new situation. So I think like imposter syndrome is a way, like as a, as a word we like to use to like label that, but essentially it's like when you're trying something new that you've never done before, you're going to be nervous at it and you're not going to be good, especially when you want to try to, you're, you're dealing with another human that you know is coming to you for help and you want to try to be able to provide the, the best help that you can for that person. So you don't want to make mistakes, but in reality, like you're going to make mistakes, like things are going to happen and that's totally okay. And like, I know you guys have probably heard this over and over, but it is, it is the truth. It's like, you know, as long as you're continuing to try to stay at the forefront of what's, what's being told as like best practice and you're continuing to try to be better, it's like, in the end, you're going to make one or two mistakes. You chalk it up, you learn from it and you move and you move forward. And honestly with, with, with um, clients or, or, 
with clients, like as long as you're open with them, like if there's a scenario where you don't know something, like if someone says as a question for you and you really don't know the answer, like don't just make it up or half-ass answer it. Like just be like, Hey, listen, that's a great question. I appreciate you asking me that. Um, you know, I don't have the specific answer right now, but I will make sure that I go and check and find that answer and get back to you. And that, and people really do appreciate that. And as scary as it seems to admit, like you don't know something like, how do you, how do you expect to know everything? Like we get it crammed into two years and then you, you could cram it into an exam and then you're, you're out in the real world. And, and you know, it's, it's okay. Like that you don't know everything and you're going to continue to learn over and over and over years and years. So yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's great, guys. And I think, too, is, you know, thinking about a couple of things that we've even done in the program, right? You know, Jim Ballard has always taught us, you know, be human first, right? And, and being human is actually putting yourselves in the context of that patient's, you know, situation. The other thing, too, is remember the Eric Wall keynote that we did in the very first lecture, and we did the, the actual forum on it, right? Fail fast and fail forward. You know, many successful people have to have failures in order to be successful, right? So again, you're allowed to make mistakes. If you guys are going into an environment in the, with the context that you can't make a mistake, it's going to actually create a lot of extra anxiety for you guys. Mistakes are, are about growing and they're about improving your craft. And I would say these guys know me probably and are probably tired of me hearing this, but your confidence will grow when you measure your successes. If you don't have any measurement in your practice, you will not, you will, it'll be so much harder for you to gain the confidence because you need to measure what you're good at and you also need to be able to measure what you need to work on. Okay. So, so there's a couple, um, you know, a couple key things, but yeah, and I would definitely suggest too is maybe I'm, I'm even thinking for you guys, if you guys could flip me the link actually to that imposter syndrome podcast you guys did do, uh, I like to actually just post it in the owl for these guys. So it's quick and easy for them to access. That'd be awesome. Just to add on to that, Daryl, quick, because I think it's important too is like, if you're not good at something, you have to practice. Like, that's the thing too. It's like, if you have trouble communicating, like, and you're struggling, it's like, you need to, you need to practice. If you have trouble, like, interview, like asking the right questions in a subjective assessment, like you need to, you need to practice, you know, those, that doesn't just because like, it's hard and you're making mistakes doesn't mean that you can't just not practice to get better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that role playing and stuff is so critical. And even I would even challenge us to take it even a step further than we have in the past, right? Like virtual challenges. us. What do you think would be the, you know, the, let's say, for example, the benefit or the reward of actually getting consent from a patient to reward, to actually record the assessment and having a peer, you know, provide you feedback on that assessment. Peer to peer learning is critical, right? As opposed to just being like, you know, having your boss review it. You guys may not be as comfortable with that, but what about if you actually asked one of these guys to review it? right? Quinn, if you asked me to review it if I was your colleague, right? So thinking about being outside the box and how you could move faster through your development is something that's actually quite, quite positive to think about. And we've done it with many clinic owners already where they've actually recorded themselves, patients gave consent, and they now use that as a teaching opportunity. What better way to actually catch yourself in the moment? So uh, good step. Um, okay. Uh, great question, Jamie. Uh, Amy, you're up. Question number three. Morning, guys. Thank you. Um, so mine kind of goes off of what Dalton was saying in regards to making mistakes and learning from them. We all look back on past experience and think, man, I wish that had gone better. So in regards to the interviewing process and starting at a new clinic, if you guys could go back and change anything, what would you do or like what advice would you have given yourself now? In terms of like a job interview? 
Yes. Yeah. And like starting up at a new clinic, was there anything that you wish you had gone in doing differently or that sort of thing? Oh, okay. So like going actually into, into clinical practice, is that what you're saying that we would have approached differently? Yes. Just so I'm making sure the question's right. Okay. Um, Hmm, that's a good one. See, you guys always challenge me to think back. I don't know. Um, Will, if you have something on top of your mind, go ahead. If not, I'll, I'll go. It's, it's a tough question for us to ask because you look back at the like sort of web of how things occurred. Uh, we like where we're at now. So <laughs> it's hard to say we would change it. You know what I mean? Uh, I think in general, the advice though uh, that I would have Given myself, not that I want things to change, but just that I think is generally good practice is I just would have reached out to more people. Like I would have reached out to more clinics and stuff like that, but um, made choices. Um, maybe I was a little tentative and I think uh, that's normal, but you don't need to be. Uh, and like you can reach out to people now, just start connecting. Uh, they would love that you know, uh, and we've talked, we've had other like students and stuff, uh, who we've connected with different clinic owners and stuff like that now. And they're not even graduating until like, I don't know who knows when. Right. So, uh, that that's maybe advice I would give, although I don't think just for me, I don't think I would have liked the outcome to change necessarily, but that's advice that I would give. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of like, if I would change anything heading into like practice as a clinician, um, one thing that I've kind of learned <clears throat> over like the course of the last two years is just to like, to slow, try as hard as it is, and depending on the setting that you're in is to kind of like try to slow down and just um, take a breath at, at times because things can get overwhelming and what you guys will start to realize, especially early on, something that I did is like, I'm a very empathetic person and, and I'm someone who really wants other people, um, to get, to get better. And, and I like to take on other people's emotions and, and it can become very draining if you take on every single person's emotions that you, that you get involved with. And the hardest part is as we develop, um, more and more understanding around communication and empathy, we realize how powerful that is to clinical outcomes. But at the same time, you have to kind of try to learn and, and develop strategies to, to save, to, to protect yourself from being drained out. Um, and so like some ways that I started doing that and I had a lot of help from like my mentor and, and my other physiotherapist in my clinic, Nick Hanna, um, who, who kind of just, you know, he would tell me, you know, he would, he would one recognize when I was getting overwhelmed and tell me to like, go take a little breather, which is good to have someone to like check you when that's happening. But something else I would try to do is just like go in, like in between clients, like as crazy as it sounds, like I would go into the washroom, take a couple deep breaths, just try to relax and then go into my next person. Because if you do get into a, a, a conversation with someone where it gets emotional or there's a lot of, you know, things going on, then you carry that over to your next client they see that and that affects them. And, and I think one thing that I've learned is try to like get control on that um, because it does, it does affect the people that you see. And I, I still struggle with it, um, but it's, it's getting better. Yeah. And I think that's actually super important. Dalton. We just actually had um, a, a webinar hosted by Dr. Ryan Todd, and he actually developed an app called Headversity and a lot of his, efforts and a lot of his message to us was, you know, kind of this analogy of crossing the river and how it's so important that we actually 
you know, we still want to remain empathetic. We want to be compassionate, but we do also have to prepare ourselves for the next client that's coming through the door, right? And we also have to prepare ourselves for what life is going to be like when we go home, right? So I think it's it's really a hard a hard balance, especially when you're dealing with with humans and you're actually in a healthcare field. But just such a for me such a critical learning opportunity and a reflection component for me of you know how how do you be engaged right but also still separate yourself appropriately so you're giving your best to each client i think what i wouldn't mind doing though is kind of um maybe tagging onto amy's question just like we wait for the next question to come on i think the one piece though that i would be interested in for you guys um i think a lot of people will you know always question is this the right opportunity for me to start with so even though you guys may not um if what is it a perfect opportunity you know your outcome is still great what advice do you have though for these guys you know when they are making that final decision you know there's just so many learnings regardless of the type of environment what advice do you have for them when they're trying to decide on their lap you know this is the, the this is the contract i'm going to sign what advice do you have for them to help make that decision for what you guys did yeah it's um that's another, that's a, that's something that I, I thought a lot about. And I think, again, again, it sounds cliche, but like thinking about what you really want is super important. Like one thing that I did, and it's, it's cool to look back on now is like, I took a sheet of paper out and I reverse engineered what I wanted to get to and how I was going to get there. So like I wrote out that I didn't know what it was going to be, what it was going to be called, but I wrote out, like, I would like to own my own, like, physical space that's focused on physiotherapy and like health and performance. And then I reverse engineered, okay, well, what do I need to do to get to that point? And I think I remember I had like, I had like, okay, my second job in physio and PT at a clinic, you know, my first job. And then I like, I reverse engineered all the way back to wherever I was in, in physio school. And I think it was like coming up on my last placement leading up to graduation coming off that I had like, I knew I wanted to learn from a strength and conditioning coach because that was a big thing that I wanted to get involved with. So I said, like, I'm going to volunteer at a strength and conditioning gym to learn these skills. So, like, I really broke it down that way. And then that way you have this idea of, like, okay, I know where I want to get, so how do I get there? So when that, those job opportunities come up or opportunities come up, you might be like, okay. So what, what I ended up doing was, like, all right, I know I need to work in the physiotherapy space, but I, I know I want to learn more in strength and conditioning. So I didn't take a full-time job in physio, like in a physio clinic. I took a part-time job in a clinic where I knew I would have maybe a little more freedom to, to treat the way that I wanted to, to treat, to not have to see as many people. So I, I did half that and I did half time in a, in a strength and conditioning gym as like a coach in, in like a, a trainer because I wanted to learn those skills. So it's like, I think the most important thing is like sitting down and really figuring out what it is that you want so that when that decision comes, like even if you're going to sign this contract, you know, okay, this, this may not be where I'm going to be for the rest of my career if I don't want it to be. So I'm going to take this contract at this, this hours with this many people because I know that that's going to give me the freedom to do something else that's going to lead to that end goal. Or it could be vice versa. Like you may have found the clinic that is the spot that you want and you're there and you want to work 30 hours in that clinic and that's what you want to do. And you found that then great. Like then you you're there already, or, you know, you're, you're, you know, that making that decision is, is the right decision, but that's kind of how I went about it. Yeah. And I think, uh, just, just to add on to that, like knowing what you want out of a clinic, but also the, the people, that you mm -hmm. want to be working with. Um, Dalton and I both had really good mentors. Um, people that, you know, make you feel comfortable with uh, making mistakes and with, you know, trying to explore, you know, what you're like as a clinician. Uh, 
and, and just that you gel well, cause you know, you spend a lot of time there and, uh, you don't want to be with people that you're uncomfortable with being around. So I think, yeah, like looking into the culture and looking into the, the people that are there, you know, how willing are they to, uh, to help you out and to, to sit there for an hour once in a while to actually give you advice, uh, on cases and all that kind of thing is so, so in, important. Awesome. Good. St- I love that guys. And, and I think there's so many like tr- just transferable skills to what, uh, what you guys have talked about, you know, deconstructing a patient's, you know, emotional reason for coming to therapy, right? Like, what is their why statement? What is their goal? And you deconstruct it backwards. So you can actually set their goals in a patient focused perspective, take the exact same mechanism, right? as you said, Dalton, you know, this is where I want to be in the next three to five years, whatever that could be. Uh, and then deconstruct it backwards. What needs to go into place as opposed to just following the typical career path, right? Oh, I must do this and I need to do this next, but knowing where you want to go and, and it's okay if it goes faster, it goes slower. You change that career path along the way. It's totally acceptable. But many of you have asked uh, at the very first lecture too, is, you know, how do I start to carve out my three to five year plan? Um, and I think these guys just gave you two really good examples of actually how to do that. So that's great. Um, so we're just seeing if anybody else wants to go on mic, but I'm going to selfishly ask you guys a question here. What, what was the biggest takeaway you guys had from the business course two years ago that set you guys up for success in your careers right now? Hmm. <laughs> Don't say nothing. Don't say nothing. Oh no, definitely not. Definitely not nothing. I just want to, I want to make sure I think about this because you're you're challenging. I can go first. What's that? I can go first if you want. Okay. Yeah, go man. I need time to process. (laughs) I think Daryl, like what your course does a lot is ask yourself challenging questions, you know, like even just beyond business itself, you know, uh, you're going to have to make a lot of like tough decisions and stuff like that. And, and think about everything, you know, like uh, what are your thoughts on like length of time and an appointment? What are your thoughts on like, you know, PTA model versus one-on-one virtual physio versus in person uh, how to select which courses you take. Like these are all like tough conversations, I think. And, and there's no necessary, not necessarily a right answer. So like, I think that's what the course did a lot was just kind of challenge you to think about both sides of things and then arrive at your own sort of consensus. Uh, and, and so that's, that's an important skill that I took away and have like, uh, you know, me and Dalton do that all the time. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think to add on, like, again, those like open kind of debates that we have, like, it's good to have that discourse. Like we don't have enough of that, I think, in in the the space at times. It's like, and I, and I like how you have to put your, you know, if you, you might not even agree with what side you're supporting, but you really have to dive into thinking as to what could be positive or beneficial in this. And I think that's huge because there's no one way to do it. And, and as we continue to go through things, like you got to pull from both sides, you're going to like one, something from one thing that you're, that you're going to like, and then another thing, and you're going to have to combine them together. So I think that to add on to that is, was, was something that was really beneficial 
for me. And then I guess the other thing is like, it, it just the openness of the course allowed us to explore and be innovative in the sense of like our thoughts, which was cool. So like nothing was really off limits in terms of like what we wanted to discuss or, or bring up. And it kind of gets your brain thinking in a different in a different way. And, and now as I go through and try to start my own business, um, I can, I literally can hear Daryl talking about measuring things. And I always used to kind of laugh at, uh, laugh at that a little bit when we, when we talked about it. And now I'm like, you know what, Daryl's right. We got to measure. So like, those are, those are things that like, you know, at the time you don't think may be beneficial for you, but then as you start to go through your practice, you start to realize, Oh wow, this is something that's important. Um, so I really like that. And then, you know, I think a cool thing would for the, 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 the class and Daryl, I don't want to tell you how to do your class. And, and I don't know if you're doing this already, but talking about things like sales, like that is, that is something that is super important to learn. Um, and even if you're not going to be your own business owner, like trying to understand how to go about that, because in the end of the day, we are trying to sell our services and there's nothing wrong with selling if it's done in the right way. Um, so if you guys haven't learned a little bit about that, like, I'd encourage you to look into it and maybe we could post some resources about it um, that we've learned from because it's super important to, to understand how to, how to do that, or at least be thinking about it. Yeah. And we definitely went into a lot more probably than we did with you guys a couple of years back around, you know, just selling that transformation and, and, mm -hmm. and how patients are looking for expertise. Right. So, no, that's great. Thanks guys. Um, one of the things, though, that I'm going to ask every speaker just before they sign out, and what I what I think is going to be so powerful is, you know, we've got lots of speakers, like you guys are just two years out of school, um, and then we've got, you know, Jackie's coming back, and Jackie's been, you know, a very well-respected clinician for well over 20 years. What what would you guys tell yourselves right now, if you were sitting back where these guys are two years ago, in the middle of a pandemic? What would you tell yourselves? Um, after I got done crying, because I'm an emotional guy. Um, I would, I would honestly, like, I think, I think like the current situation would allow, if I was putting myself back into it, I think it would allow me to reflect a lot more because you're kind of stuck. Like you can't really do a whole lot. So you're thinking about it. Like if there is something in your mind that you are thinking about, like, Hey, I would really love to do this and pursue this. And this is something that I think can add value to the profession or just how I want to go about like experiencing my career if that little thought is even there explore it dive into it write things down about it talk to people about it think about how you can make it a reality sooner than later like don't think oh i'm gonna wait five years it's like think about how you can start to make it reality right away and then just pursue that and, and like daryl we talked about like there's gonna be pulling and pushing that's okay let that happen just continue if you believe in it continue to try to like pull at that thread i think that's like something that i would would do during that time I love that, that exploration part. Awesome. Mm -hmm. What about you, Will? Yeah. I think that, you know, there's, there's a reason why Dalton and I have been working together for a few years. Cause uh, I, I would have basically the same answer. Um, but I think just to add, you know, like using this as an opportunity rather than something that's happening to you, you know, like there's lots of things you can figure out about yourself in terms of like, because you have the time, like in terms of like building habits and, and, and that type of thing, which you sometimes don't get the chance to when you're so busy. Uh, and so just use that time, you know, and, and like Dalton said, reflect and figure out, you know, your why and uh, what you want to do. Um, 
and use it as an opportunity. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Will. So, guys, there's just one last kind of question came in. So, Jonathan, why don't we just let you pop on mic? So, let's see if we can tackle this one in two minutes or less. How's that? Just like, okay, like I'll try to let you guys wrap up your cast. Hey, guys, love the program. Long time listener, first time caller. Um, I was just wondering, you guys, um, you guys talk to a lot of different people from a lot of different areas of expertise. I was just wondering if you guys noticed there was any like common themes or common threads across all the conversations that you had, maybe like the biggest takeaways that you've used the most um, in your own practice. Will, I saw you nod and you got something. Off the <laughs> I'm always nodding, but yeah, I think there are some common threads. Part of it's probably because you just happen to take people on uh, that share similar uh, viewpoints. And I think that's natural, but uh, I, I think, one thing is just always focusing on connecting, uh, connecting first. That's been something that's been super common, uh, as like the most important thing you can focus on, uh, as a clinician. Yeah. And I would just piggyback off that, like communication as well. Like it's something that like communicating and like how to ask the right questions, like whether it's like a motivational interview style, like of learning or questioning, um, you know, how do you navigate someone who just had a flare up? How are you going to communicate that to them? How are you going to set expectations? Like those things are, are so important um, and, and challenging. So they're not easy. And again, you're going to learn as you go, but I would say continuing to try to develop those skills and reflect on how your communication and how that connection went during those sessions is something that, I'll, I'll try to do, um, I'll sit back and be like, what did I do? Well, what did I not do? Well, um, you're going to, you're not going to do well sometimes and you're going to lose people and, and that's okay. You just learn from it. But I would say on top of the connection is like communicating, which includes like verbal, but also like your, your body language and how your, 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 your facial expressions, like all of those things matter. So looking into how that can, um, influence how you communicate and connect with somebody. Yeah, that's awesome, guys. Um, so what I'll do is I'll just give you guys a little quick wrap up for me, and then I'll let you guys close out the show. How's that? Um, and and one of the things too, guys, just so at the end, we're going to do a couple of giveaways. We've got three bags of, of PT Coffee Cast coffee to to send to you guys, and I'll let these guys know who wins at the end. Will, you've got them there, right? Oh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> there we go. Um, so guys, you know, for me, just watching you guys grow over the last two years has been, it's been such a privilege to be able to interact with you guys as students. And it's just such a proud moment to see what you guys have done in your careers and what you're doing for the profession overall. So huge congratulations to you guys. And I'm so glad that you guys stayed true to your vision. And, and I love to see that you guys have already evolved your career during a pandemic took advantage of it, you know, saw an opportunity and continued, didn't bail on that opportunity and held true to what you guys truly value and what difference you want to do in your practice. So huge congratulations to you guys. And as always, a huge thanks for making yourselves available this morning uh, and, and really instilling some of your, your motivation and your wisdom into, into the class of 2020. So guys, just a huge thanks to you, to you. And I'm just so excited to watch your journey as you guys continue to move forward. Awesome. Thanks so yeah. much. Yeah. Thank you, Daryl. I really do appreciate that. Um, thank you guys for, for hopping on and, uh, and joining us again. This is something we, we love to do. And, and this is, this is special to us, honestly, like being able to sit down and talk to like people that were in our exact same spot. 
um, like two years ago and like being able to like tell our story and, and, and talk about it is it's truly like humbling for us each and every single time that we do it. So, so thank you very much, Daryl. Thanks. Thanks for having us. And, and also being like a big supporter for us throughout this whole, this whole thing. Like you said, there is a lot of pushing and pulling and, and your support has always been there. So we, we appreciate that. Um, if you guys want to find more of us, if you don't know where we are we're on Instagram, you can follow us at the MVMT PTs there. Um, our podcast is on Spotify, Apple podcasts, anywhere else you find podcasts, just search PT coffee cast. If you enjoyed any episode, uh, please feel free to leave us a review. We'd appreciate that. Other than that, that's all we got today, guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk soon.